Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. If your go-to card is a debit card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And there are no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. So we're here to talk about Bachelor in Paradise. And honestly, it feels a little silly to be even talking about it right now um, for a lot of our listeners who, you know, live in Houston or the Gulf Coast area that's affected by Harvey or who have loved ones who are are down there. Um, our hearts go out to you. We're, our thoughts are with you. Um, we know this is um, just a, a really devastating time. And unfortunately, we are here to talk about something much more frivolous, um, which is four more hours of paradise. But in, we do encourage everyone to, you know, stay tuned into what's happening, uh, to find local charities that um, are recommended to donate to. Um, donating money is really good. It's it's easy. It's efficient. And these organizations on the ground are doing incredible work yes. and need your help. Um, just a few, the Hurricane Harvey Relief Fund, the Houston Food Bank, the South Texas Blood and Tissue Center, um, and the Houston Humane Society. Uh, oh, as well as the Texas Diaper Bank. Those are all organizations that could use a little bit, even a small donation right now. So, yeah. Stay safe, everyone. Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about the Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. So in the midst of all this, um, we did kind of hope that Bachelor in Paradise would be something of a refuge as we move past the scandal portion. Spoiler alert, it was not. It was, in fact, uh, four hours of triggering um, reflections of what could be one's worst middle school experience, both in relationships and friendships. So thank you, uh, ABC, for that. Yeah, it really, it wasn't even high school. It was too immature for high school, and these are grown grown adults here. We're joined to talk through all of this by Jada Yuan, um, who writes for New York Mag and Vulture. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, <laughs> and great intro. <laughs> um, no, yeah. I mean, and I'm So we actually opened this week with the kind of sequence that I'd like to see more of, which is just a long interlude of Jack Stone playing a game that Raven calls What That Mouth Do and Alexis calls 
what's in your mouth. I loved this scene. <laughs> Jack is blindfolded, and the girls are putting different foodstuffs in his mouth, and he's guessing. And We love Alexis. I love and Alexis. she tries to put a dead, rotting crab dipped in hot sauce into that his mouth. That would have crossed a line for me it, as well. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Like, rotting animals near my mouth. Is just also, where I draw the I, line. I want to know what happened to that bowl of hot sauce after she dipped the she, crab. No, in it. she did not dip the crab in that hot sauce. That was the only item. I'm that she pretty did. sure she did. I lo- I like watched the claw dangle into it as I took my. Well, let 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 us know who's right, listeners. Um, it was like it was a bridge too far because that's just not safe. It's not healthy. Like you can't put crap. But he it smelled been in the it pool coming. for a week. <laughs> oh, so that's so why it's sanitized, it like, like hot tub. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she's like, "Oh, good. The, it's all in good fun." And he's like, "No, legit. I'm not giving you the rose anymore. Like I, I don't trust you." Um, and you know what? End. I feel like I gained a new respect for Jack Stone in that moment because he really stuck to his word. Yeah, I gained a new I mean, respect for Jack Stone <laughs> this entire two episodes. He was, um, I think, one of two men that didn't behave badly. Yeah, one of like two to four two people. To f- yeah, who didn't <laughs> yeah, badly. exactly, exactly. Um, I mean, it might seem harsh, but he's got to stick up for himself. Like he's got to <laughs> draw the boundaries. And at times, Jack Stone has seemed like he's just sort of like the slightly less cool kid who wants the pretty girls to like him. And he was like, no, you know what? I don't have to take a dead, rotting crab in my mouth. <laughs> he actually became more attractive this episode. I was yes, really I agree. I think it's the like assertiveness came out a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah. And are we counting Wells with puppets as someone who behaved badly? or is he... I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm not happy with Wells after that. Uh, I mean, because he was just perpetuate. Well, we'll get into what Wells did with the puppets. Um, <laughs> I didn't hate it. <laughs> I didn't hate the idea of the puppets, but things were said. So um, Kristen arrives in paradise. And um, just in case we had forgotten, her virginity is intact. I feel like they should stop doing this because then every time that you check in about whether she's a virgin, then, like, you can really narrow down when it happened and, like, who it might have been. Like, it's just, like, kind of a little too much information. It's like geotagging your Instagram. Well, I think for her it would happen if she got married. I think hers is a religiously based I know, but I've known a lot of religiously based virgins, and let me just say very few of us waited until marriage. (laughs) Yeah, it's accurate. Um. So and she's still pretty young. Like she's like she's what twenty six. Yeah, I was she's actually twenty six. We based versus Jasmine, who is fake twenty six. Yeah, Jasmine yeah. is twenty. She's twenty nine or thirty. <laughs> uh, but for some reason, the show has insisted on aging her down. Yeah, and it wasn't just one mistake. No, it's every yeah, time. It's every now. time. But I, it's been confirmed that she is not twenty six. So uh, everything's very confusing. Um, well, we know it's yeah. all lies. Well, maybe she's actually 30, and they were like, well, that just won't do. We can't have a 30-year-old on the show. I think she might be 30 now. Like, men are allowed to be over 30, yeah. but women cannot. Nick a lot of the 35. men are over 30. Yeah. Yeah. Remember Nick? He was elderly. I meant Nick Vile, but also Nick B. Oh. Mid-30s. Yes. Oh, also, yeah. um, R.I.P. Nick Vile and Vanessa. Yeah. And their relationship. Uh, well, just their relationship. They are right. They're still, still alive. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Their relationship. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, you know, 
I'm sorry for them. That sucks. I'm not surprised. Totally. Yeah. It's not totally surprising. It's yeah. Breakups are hard. Yeah. Yeah. I think they, from what it seems, they tried to have a relationship and it didn't work out. Like yeah. so many people who try to have relationships. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a, it was a new relationship with a lot of pressure on it right away because they met as a long distance couple essentially. And that's really hard. Um, and I think there were visa issues because she was Canadian. Yeah. And then yeah. also Dancing with the Stars always seems to never work out for the couples except for Sean and Catherine. And, and they almost they, broke up. Yeah. I think just it's so much time you're spending away. With another woman <laughs> wrapped yeah. in her arms. Right. I mean, and when you're in a new relationship, it's probably hard to have the same level of, like, blaseness about that um, that you might have if you were more confident about what you have but yeah it's like yeah it's really long hours they're with another person it's tough but um we wish them both the best we do um (laughs) moving along back to the beach (laughs) Kristen the virgin um so Kristen decides to make the rounds a little bit she talks to the girls the girls say hey maybe jack stone um, or Ben Z. Or Ben Z. Everyone is trying to sell ben Z away. Ben Z to everyone. <laughs> I like, know, but why is everyone sleeping on Ben Z? He's, I don't. He's the best looking no, guy. He's but, definitely but cute. We right now are doing what all the girls, like everyone's like, why is everyone sleeping on Ben Z? And it's like, if we were in paradise, we would be saying the same thing, but also not dating Ben Z. It's like all the girls are like, hey, you should go for Ben Z. He's amazing. I don't know why no one's taken him yet. I'm not going to. But, like, you probably should because he's amazing. I mean, we don't know. We haven't been around him. We I haven't, haven't met haven't, him like, in person. experienced his pheromones. That we don't is know. true. Yeah. Pheromones are very important. He's very cute. I just can't tell if he's completely boring in person. That's the only thing I can think of. I can tell because of the dog thing. <laughs> He needs a new conversational topic. That is editing. That's a lot of editing. I'm sure he says other things. He still says it too much. Like, the totality of what he has said is more than he should be saying about his dog. I'm just, you know, (laughs) dog lovers hate me. I'm okay with it. I feel like he'll learn from this experience. (laughs) I think so. It's it's a real instructional tool for his future dates. He's a new dog dad. So he's in that honeymoon phase um, with his dog. Um, and so Jack Stone does talk to Kristen and he's like, long story short, I'm definitely on the market now after something that happened. Um, and then Matt talks to Kristen and she's like, well, I, I know that you and and Jasmine are a thing. And Matt's like, huh? What? Who's that? Jasmine said that? That's the like, important that's part here also is that Matt approaches Kristen and yes. interrupts her time with Jack to clarify that he is open and available and would like to be taken on a date. Yeah. I know. And just the juxtaposition of that conversation with the conversation that Jasmine was having with Kristen where she was like, Dean's available. <laughs> like She totally Wait. sold out. She said like, that? Next to D'Lo. She oh was my sitting God. next to D'Lo. And she's like, oh, yeah. She's like, you know, like everybody but like Matt and, and Derek, you know, you can go for any of those people. <laughs> oh, my God. Jasmine. There are a couple of girls like Lacey, too, where I'm just like, you're being so hypocritical. Like, if you did the same thing that this other person did, you'll be totally fine with it. But you expect everyone else to tiptoe around your feelings. Because it's their journey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And, I mean, I was getting vibes of, does anyone remember Ashley from, not Ashley I. Frazier. Ashley Frazier. When she claimed, was it? Graham. Graham. Yeah. 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 And he was too nice to walk away and, like, a little scared. 
Yeah, and, <laughs> and she was would it do Claire? Of- oh, Claire, Claire was just like, oh, never mind, that's fine, you take it. Or it was someone who had so. asked him on a date and then was like, I don't want to mess with Ashley. Yeah, <laughs> Ashley did a lot of like. So, yeah, so we're, like, definitely an exclusive couple now, and it's so great, isn't it? And he'd be like, <laughs> and she was like, we're in love. And now that's that's Jasmine's thing. The real lesson of this episode is that communication is key. The, yeah. None of these men know how to communicate the fact that they're not into a woman. They are all incredibly conflict-averse. But and I also think that their listening might be key because also there's true. A lot, there there's a lot some of cues that might have been helpful to pick up on. Yeah, I mean Matt's words, at least to Kristen, but maybe not to Jasmine. I don't know. Was like I didn't think I was necessarily spoken for with the limited amount of time we have here. I'm not looking to tie myself down to one person. Yeah, it's not like <laughs> the so most. So he's also communicating to Kristen. But he doesn't want anything either, like anything serious. Yeah. Oh, I blame a lot of this conflict on Matt, who just gets to, like, slink away yeah, in the that, night. That was the main thing, is that he he played this whole interaction such that he could go back to Jasmine and be like, she asked me on a date. That's so, so weird. weird. <laughs> I guess I'm just going to go. I mean, <laughs> I, I just, like, would like to get out of the resort or whatever. So, okay, bye. And leaves it with the impression that Kristen approached him out of nowhere to steal Jasmine's guy yeah, so that Kristen will get the brunt of Jasmine's fury. And then this is when we get the epic, you want good TV, ABC, I'm going to give you good TV. And Jasmine, who... And it's mediocre TV at best. (laughs) Right. It wasn't great TV. She's like, I'm going to give her the what? Hey, Kristen, so it's totally fine, but, like, I'm not happy. (laughs) Kristen um, is so startled that she swallows her toothpaste during this interaction. I mean, people were giving her shit for that. I'm like, I don't know what you would do with your toothpaste in that scenario. Someone's like trying. I'm not giving her shit about it. I just took it as like that she was already tensed up and like pretty scared. I mean, or maybe that's just what she does. Or maybe she just swallows her toothpaste. That's not healthy though. Just okay. PSA: Don't. It's not good for you. It's not a judgment. It's just like it's not. I just want to say that on the on the label it says a pea sized amount is okay. You swallow your toothpaste on a regular basis. No, I'm just not too worried about it. Um, So, you know, yeah, Jasmine basically approaches Kristen, acting like she's going to really chew her out, and instead is sort of passive aggressive and like it's totally fine. But like you just said that you wouldn't, and that's like really sneaky. But like it's fine. Um, and then she goes back and kind of brags to the other girls about how she left Kristen, like, physically terrified, which was pretty uncool. Um, like, I the, the the sort of, like, isn't it adorable that Jasmine is physically threatening whole thing was very weird to me. Like, I don't know why she was playing into it. I don't know why the show was playing into it. It's not really adorable that you might be worried that you would get physically choked by someone if you go on a date with a guy she's been seeing. Like, that's not funny or cute. And that's, like, Jasmine's whole quirk on the show now (laughs) is, like, she might choke you. And it's unfortunate because I don't think she actually has any intention of choking anyone. Well, yeah, because she's on camera is what she literally (laughs) said. If we weren't on camera, I would would punch her. Oh, I missed that. Yep. Yeah, she said Different that. Different from a choke. <laughs> yeah, uh, she's got other moves in her uh, in her back oh. pocket. 
Oh. No, I felt like it's like I've I've wanted I I wanted things to go better for Jasmine, and I I wanted her to lean away from that on Paradise, and instead they they've really gone all in on it, and it's yeah. There was a Wells depressing. commentary that said you don't know if she's going to give you a present or murder you in your sleep, <laughs> and yeah. which like it feels like a terrible thing for a guy to say about a woman, but then also doesn't seem like the proof seems to be out there a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, this is a the this is not Jasmine's most shining episode. We'll oh, just say that, um, because you know eventually Raven or, or sorry, uh, Kristen does go on the date with Matt and leaves Jasmine um, with to kind of stew with the other women who are not talking sense into her. To be honest, only Raven and Taylor seem to kind of remove themselves from the the amping up of the anger. Yeah, we Christian. don't see them involved. Towards Kristen. Yeah, we do see them talk to Kristen before she leaves and to say, you know, it's not personal. She would have been like this if Matt were interested in anyone. Um, so, you know, don't let it ruin your your fun date. And meanwhile, Jasmine and Wells and Alexis and all these other girls are just like, time to find a reason to hate Kristen, basically. <laughs> Well, you know, you said something interesting. Like the whole time, I was like, Jasmine is is mad at the wrong person. Like she's mad at Kristen instead of being mad at Matt. But, but like I didn't realize Matt really did play it in a way that all the blame would fall on Kristen yes. in, in Jasmine's eyes. Like I don't think she was she was acting, um, she was acting on what he showed her. He yeah. basically framed it as though Kristen had like sought him out. Asked him on this date, flew in the face of his, like, committed relationship to Jasmine. And really, he not just doesn't like getting into altercations with anyone. And so Mm -hmm. he has sort of—and I don't know if this was, like, a really conscious thing. I don't think he has, like, ill will towards either of these women. But he's just one of those guys that really doesn't like to let anyone down. And in the process, he's created a situation where we are watching— you know, women just, it's just girl and girl crime this episode. And yeah. I hate watching women be meet other women. It's just not fun TV. Yeah. yeah. And and Matt, like on the date, told Kristen that this was like a breath of fresh air, which I think means he's been feeling smothered. Yeah. I mean, I think ultimately it was really shitty what he did to Kristen too, which is he, he made it seem like he was so interested that he had to like interrupt her conversation with another guy um, to be like, listen, you seem great. I'd really like to, like, get to know you better. And the whole time, what he really wanted was a wedge between him and Jasmine. (laughs) Uh, And, and, yeah, and space from from the environment. Yeah, Yeah, and then once he'd done that, he was sort of like, okay— like, Let me became, leave my collateral damage. He became very indifferent toward Kristen, like, as soon as they came back from the date. He was just sort of like, whatever. Like, it was nice to get away. Thanks. Yeah. This whole thing was just not super fun to watch. Yeah. And then we get the epic Scallop Fingers story. And Alexis is hilarious. I This episode was so upsetting. And I think it would have been one thing had they just had Alexis telling this slightly mean but kind of funny story one time, let it go. The fact that they turned it into a thing with everyone piling on, the show leaning into it, the girls laughing at her in front, like Kristen in front of her with this 
inside joke about her. Like, that's when, to me, it crosses the line into, like, bullying territory. And it was really not fun to watch. Yeah. It seems like it becomes, like, a pattern in how they they deal with her, which is basically that's I mean it's like kind of part of the definition of bullying which is you know it's an ongoing thing and obviously this is a very short term environment compared to like your middle school class but oh so basically the story is Alexis and some of the other girls and Kristen were out one night in New Jersey I think and they were going to a club after dinner at one point, Kristen got scallops to go or, like, got her dinner boxed up, left it in the limo, and then later ate some of the scallops with her fingers. Licked her fingers and then touched Alexis's shoulder. That's the whole story. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then Alexis claims that she had scallop shoulder and her shoulder smelled like scallop for the rest of the night and no one wanted to dance with her. Maybe that was a well. That, that was seems, that might have been a Wells embellishment. Yeah, like yeah. I, I think that was a Wells embellishment. I don't think she like went too deep into the consequences of the scallop shoulder. I just want to say I think Alexis is spending too much time touching and closely associated with smelly seafood for it to be purely just something that happens to her. I think maybe she invites it a little bit. Um, <laughs> So, the, yeah, they, like, Wells does a little reenactment that at first seems like maybe he's mocking how mean-spirited it is, but it becomes clear that he thinks it's all really hilarious and that Kristen being scalp fingers is kind of pathetic. And it it just becomes this really ugly running thread. Um, and And later, basically, Kristen comes back from the date pretty drunk, as is want to happen, and is eating shrimp with her fingers, as one does. Right. Shrimp, everyone eats with food. their fingers. Let's be very clear. Um, and Do you object? No, no, no. I'm just, I'm like wondering if we can jump, like, yeah, she yeah. goes on another, she goes like on another date later on where they like eat scallops with like fake hands. Oh my God. Oh, they, oh yeah. They, the they, show was leaning into it. That's what I mean. Yeah. There were two instances in night two of this week's two episodes that the sh- they served her scallops and then they zoomed in on them and showed her like all the different ways she was eating them they made her chiron scallop fingers so the show is completely yeah playing into this and i think sometimes it when they play into these little jokes it can be funny but this was something that was being talked about without her knowledge at all, which is what makes it feel kind of gross. Like, it felt different than when they, like, hilariously edit someone to be, like, having a conversation with an animal. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's just mean. Yeah, it's mean. Or, like, the thing with, like, with Josh. The original the... story was funny. I think the original <laughs> yeah, story was I d- funny. But... <laughs> I did, too. But, it, but it's also... That's like a the, story. The... It's not a narrative, like, that should follow her around. It's also, like, the difference, like, between when they would play up Josh's, like, pizza obsession is you didn't get the sense that everyone was talking about Josh's pizza obsession behind his back and mocking him. So, like, when the show makes a little joke out of it, he can watch it on TV and be like, oh, this show, it's so silly. But when Kristen watches this back on TV, she's like, wow, everyone hated me and for nothing. And that really sucks and is 
it reframes a whole time in your life in a really unpleasant way. Well, and, and later on, she sort of says that she was she'd sort of distance herself from the other girls because she wanted to be respectful of their relationship with Jasmine. And she already felt like she stepped on Jasmine's toes. So she was already sort of at a social dis- disadvantage coming. She was the new girl. And then also she just sort of like unknowingly, maybe not totally unknowingly, but like messed with like the queen bee of paradise. Which is also, like, so weird as a viewer. Like, I don't know if any of us were watching it and being like, oh, yeah, Jasmine, she's the main one. (laughs) The ruler. But then this episode, we find out that she thinks of herself that way. And I was like— She's Cersei, man. (laughs) I was like, this isn't going to play play well at home, you know? Like, if you, like, deem yourself the queen bee and then immediately just stomp all over someone. I think she just called herself the queen. The queen of paradise. Yeah. Queen sounds better. Let's go with queen. Um, Meanwhile, on the date, Kristen uh, was so drunk. She, like, buys a bunch of bathing suits for some reason. (laughs) Yeah. Um, They get chocolate bananas, which apparently was at the banana stand where Carly and Evan took the fateful pregnancy test hmm. where they learned that they were having a baby. Well, maybe they were there. I at feel the like time. there should be a sign there like I know where Carly and Evan found out. Yeah. <laughs> um, Famous chocolate <laughs> banana stand. <laughs> um so yeah, so Kristen and Matt like make out in the ocean, um etc. They finally head back to the resort and Jasmine has a plan. For what she's going to do when Matt comes back. She's going to make out with him. In in Kristen's face. She's going to make out with him like right in front of her. Like not even like a thing, but just like, oh, hey, babe, I miss you. Hey, here's a kiss. And that's not exactly what happens. She jumped on him. (laughs) That's definitely how in her mind what happened. But from a from a viewer's perspective, she sort of appears to be trying to like lock his head in a position where she can kiss it while he's trying to swerve her a little bit. So she starts, like, climbing him a little bit. I feel like this was the moment Matt was like, I need to leave. (laughs) That's the thing. Jasmine played this so badly. Like, she could have actually been chill-ish. And maybe he would have been happy to see her-ish. And instead, she came right back in from his... Freedom excursion and is like, oh right, that's why I wanted to get away. I'm I'm just shocked that you know that Matt just couldn't even like imagine a scenario where where he could he could just give his rose to someone else and then like meet someone new in the next round. Yeah, it yeah. seems like he had just reached a point where he was like Connecticut is calling. <laughs> Construction. I got to I got to go back to doing construction. It's like, yeah, it's this like is even too much. construction seems like more relaxing than this right now. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they have like two days left. They really have to start like at this point in filming, making those decisions. Um, meanwhile, Kristen is telling Dean that she bought a new swimsuit that is very tribal. I guess because it has tassels. There wasn't even a pattern on this swimsuit. So I have no idea what she was referring to. It was red and yellow, and it had, like, wraparound, like, ties 
that I guess had tassels, or maybe she just thought the ties were tassels. But Kristen is also someone who, when they had Mexican wrestlers come into the camps, thought they she were sumo wrestlers. Oh, that was so bad. <laughs> I just think maybe her cultural awareness is not very high. Very high. <laughs> She's like, I had um, no idea there are sumo wrestlers in Mexico. I like, <laughs> like that's um, there aren't. Well, they don't there, 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 there might be. There, there might be. be. But this doesn't show anything either way no. because these are not <laughs> these are not sumo wrestlers. Um, yeah, there were so many. Qu- I had so many questions about that. Like most people, just know what a sumo wrestler looks like. They're At big. Least in, they're they're big. usually and like the big. outfits are very specific. Very specific. Like it's not at all close. Okay. Yeah, we can move <laughs> anyway. on. Listen, we don't have any kind yeah. of fancy wrestler in Indiana. <laughs> let me tell yeah. you. Um, so at this point, this is when Kristen meets Amanda for the first time. She hasn't. She's the only girl I think there. Amanda from a different season. So they haven't met before, and Kristen's holding a shrimp that she was eating, and she sees Amanda, and she goes down to say hi and hugs her and is like, it's so great to meet you. I've heard such great things. I can't believe that we're finally meeting. And Amanda just starts giggling with along with Sarah, who's sitting there, and they can't stop. Because Kristen is holding a piece of seafood. So I and made me so sad. Poor Kristen is like, "What's funny, guys? What's what am I missing?" Oh. And they're all just like, <laughs> they're "Like nothing." Nothing. And Amanda had been a little mean before. She said something about how you can't trust a woman who takes scallops to go. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> this has been a theme with Amanda. Yeah, I don't know. It's like I want to see Amanda show more personality, and then sometimes when she does, I'm like, "No, stop, go back." <laughs> Um, so that was like the first moment where I was like, this isn't just a little bit of like buck your friend up, like shit talking while her perceived boyfriend is out on a date with another woman. This is like, they're going to treat Kristen really shitty. And that's what happened. Yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah, it was very mean girl. Um, and and at this point, Jasmine kind of seeks Matt out while he's in his bunk and she's like, I have to tell you, I'm leaving. Just kidding. I'm not leaving. <laughs> Which maybe that's what gave him the idea to leave. He was like, oh, right, leaving. <laughs> He's like, oh, that's that. an option. Yeah. I'm not actually trapped here forever. Yeah. He was like, I thought that she would leave and that would be great. But, like, maybe I'll leave instead. It's perfect. And she also arranged, like, a game, like a categories game night to sort of, like, as the coda to his date. Oh, is that like, what that was? When, no, when she jumped on him, she was like, and you're going to come to my game night. <laughs> oh, I completely missed that. <laughs> wow. Um, That's like an interesting move. It's seduction and game night. Yeah. yeah. Men find that very arousing. <laughs> categories. <laughs> like just a little grinding and then a little categories. Like I'm going to put just... a warning on the box. <laughs> <laughs> If your erection lasts longer than four hours, speaking stop playing categories of romance. <laughs> oh boy, let's discuss Robbie's um, many romantic gestures towards Amanda. <laughs> so Robbie wants to during the game night, I guess, do something a fun lit up moment for Amanda. <laughs> I thought he was making a fake like campfire at first because he was like cracking the glow sticks and putting them in a pile. Instead, he just that grabs them. That would have been really cute. I yeah, think. that would have been significantly <laughs> cuter than just throwing a bunch of glow sticks in a pool and being like, hey, babe, look what I did. Yeah, Aren't you like, wowed? He says, he calls himself Romantic Robbie. 
This romantic Robbie likes to do romantic gestures. It's like date Mike from The <laughs> Office. It's like, no, you're the same person. You don't have, like, a second romance personality. That's not a thing. I also don't trust men that refer to themselves in the third person. More no. than I don't trust a woman who takes scallops to go. Yeah. Hey, scallops yeah. are expensive. You need yeah, to make sure you exactly. eat all the scallops. No, I get it. Yeah. I totally get it. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, this is a significantly more egregious <laughs> offense. I love that Amanda, he's like, he tears her away from categories. <laughs> She's just like, but aren't we going to go play the game? Yeah. And like, she goes down and he's like, look at what I did for you. And she's like, that's great. Do you want to go back to game night? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And she's like, did you pack those glow sticks in your suitcase? And he was like, oh, well, I mean, I mean, yes. Basically, like, I thought I had something, like, up my sleeve. So it's, like, clearly not a romantic gesture that was designed for her because if he packed it before he went, he, like, he didn't. He, also, if he you were raving at the okay. beginning. Yeah. If you were planning out romantic gestures, just, like, why would the thing that comes to mind be dump random glow sticks into a tiny pool? Maybe he just found an old box of glow sticks and he was like, these could come in handy in paradise. <laughs> Either a rave or this makeshift love pool. Robbie's love. mind works in mysterious ways, I think. You know, it's just what we're we don't understand because we're not influencers. So it just changes you. Um, um, so, yeah. Amanda is like, I'm. I just don't really feel like this is a romance thing, and she keeps like swerving him when he goes for the kiss. It's not looking promising for Robbie, but we have seen paparazzi shots of them after the show. So what happens? Is I this guess an he Evan played, and Carly situation. He played the long game, and apparently it worked at least moderately well. Yeah, yeah and, and like, did it destroy his friendship with Josh? Oh yeah, I've heard that he they are no longer friends. I mean, I'm okay Which, with that. I don't. Think he Josh probably should have, should have cut ties with Josh, regardless. So I think everyone should cut ties with Josh. <laughs> yeah. Um, meanwhile, Sarah um, decides to make a play for for Adam's commitment. Uh, the rose ceremony's coming up. He's been out with her and with Raven. She, she also does not play this well. No. Her move is to be like, I'm all in. I'm here. This is what you got. This is what you see. I'm in it for the long haul. And it's like, okay, what does that mean? And also... <laughs> You've only you've made out once and you went on one date. Like I appreciate the strength of her feelings and I convictions. Mean, she ends up playing it wrong, but I do wonder if it's such a bad gambit because the thing about paradise is you hand out a rose to a girl, the next week she meets someone new and she's like, Never mind. Don't so you want a rose security? Okay, right. That's like she's true. offering him rose security. And maybe Raven's not giving him that. She doesn't know. But she does say, like, you know, I realize, like, maybe it's hard to be as excited about me because I'm being so open and I'm not making this, like, a chase. And he's like, no, it's not that. That's not the thing. And then he turns <laughs> to the camera and he's like, I really like the chase. Yeah. He's like, I love the chase. Raven's a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't really like how Sarah just, like, lays it all out there. It's not a turn on for me. And then no, it's not that, babe. It's not that at all. He's no. like, what I love about you is you're so transparent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was the week of... Every single, almost every man, or every man that has more than one potential love interest, just completely lying to the women's faces. 
Yeah. Saying it, one thing to one of them and then turning around and being like, no, 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 but, but you. Yeah, it was just, it was really disturbing to watch because it, it was like these men turned into like mini bachelors on their <laughs> own thing. So like Adam's having this conversation with Raven where he's like, he's like, I just want you to be secure in this process or something, <laughs> like, something like that. Just like, just like trust the process. Don't think about that other stuff. And then he like goes and makes that with Sarah. Yeah. And he just, I mean, he clearly knew what he was going to do the whole time. And just wanted to get in, like, a little more tongue action. Oh, yeah. And he was doing the thing that, like, Nick did big time on his season, for sure, which is, like, I just need you to trust the process and, like, open up and, like, that's the only way this is going to work. Oh, you love—you're all in. You're really—you're falling for me. Great. Okay, now I know that this is not for me. (laughs) I needed you to feel that way and tell me that for me to know that, but now I know. So thanks for your time. You can exit. (laughs) <laughs> Which is what happens. I mean, yeah. it is true that like sometimes when you find out how another person feels about you and you are able and to you're be repulsed, like, I you're like, I guess this isn't the relationship for <laughs> yeah, me. But Nick needed to do that like a lot more than like yeah. most people <laughs> need to do that. He really needed that validation. <laughs> it's hard for him to feel safe in a in a bachelor world relationship after what happened with Andy and Caitlin. Yeah, I, but I do. I Rachel did it a little too. So, yeah, she you did. know, this isn't. Uh, we're not just going to slag on men, even That's though, true. even though we have basically chastised all the women for making fun of of what's her name, Kristen. But we just mercilessly make fun of Robbie. But I feel like he deserves it. You know what? Yeah. It's, I don't feel bad about it. Yeah. Call me a hypocrite. It. That's fine. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, I was. If you talk about your Instagram influence on a videotaped date you deserve to be mocked and talk about yourself in the third person yeah (laughs) watching the show and mocking it it can be mean and there are lines you shouldn't cross and we might not always stay on the right side of that line (laughs) but like when you're the the friends and you live with that person it feels so different to me than just random commentary on social media it's like those are supposed to be the people that you can feel like there's a dialogue with and a trust and instead no one's trying to trust us instead they are treating you like tweeters who don't know you just like lobbing bombs and like not caring whether you know I do have to say two people turned out to be like okay friends in the situation I thought like like Taylor was really good at listening to Kristen I thought and was was a sympathetic ear and Robbie kind of changed my view yeah. of him a little bit yeah. because he really listened to Christina. Okay, yes. I we do have to give Robbie credit for this later on. He has he does become a really nice ear for Christina and actually at one point Sarah as well. He I think when Robbie feels secure in his situation, he can actually be like a decent listener. And I think that's probably why we see like on social media all of the women yeah. are like Robbie, we love it. like they seem to have a lot of affection for him. So I, maybe seems, he's just a very he seems nice. He seems like the kind of guy to me that I would want to be in a, a friendship with, but not a relationship with, because he he doesn't n- know that a relationship is supposed to be like a friendship, and he treats <laughs> it like this whole different thing. He's like, this is romantic me. Romantic me throws glow sticks in a pool and goes in for the kiss. Friendship me listens and like is like pleasant to be around. Like that's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Other romantic gesture for Amanda was bringing her hotel slippers. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was so beautiful.
We're going to take a little break, but we'll be right back for lots more (laughs) on Bachelor in Paradise with Jada. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Emma, what's the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would it be sleep? Would it be get a delicious pastry from the bake shop around the corner? Would it be, I don't know, get some actual writing done? Yeah. Read a book. I mean, my list is extremely long these days. There are not a lot of hours to spare. And, you know, a lot of us do spend our lives wishing we had more time. The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and actually make it a priority. Yeah, this is something that I am often working on with my therapist. It helps you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. So it's been a few years now, but I still look back on my time planning my wedding so fondly. I mean, I was so excited to get married to my partner and to plan a big party that really reflected who we are and our friend groups and our families. And it was also very complicated and there were lots of moving parts. It wasn't always easy. Well, Claire, maybe you should have used Zola because you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place with Zola. Yes, I've thought this many times in the years since. I mean, with Zola, you have free planning tools like a customizable checklist and website. There's a venue and vendor discovery tool that matches you with your dream team. I mean, everything on Zola is just designed to make your wedding journey as easy as possible. And with invites that are super fun to create and a wedding registry packed with gifts that you actually want, Zola takes you from save the date right to think so much without breaking a sweat. When I was planning my wedding, honestly, it was just so hard to keep track of every component of the planning process. It would have been so much easier in retrospect and let me enjoy the really fun parts of planning a wedding more if I just had everything centralized. And that is exactly what Zola makes so easy. I mean, that is like the number one advice I would give anyone planning a wedding today. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Are you one of those people who thinks they don't have time to prioritize wellness? If so, Aloe Moves is here to change your whole mindset. From beginner to advanced, Aloe Moves has the flower class that will fit your whole schedule, even if your schedule is very complicated and ever-changing like mine is. And their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending on what you're feeling that day, which is so convenient. They've got award-winning workouts like sweat-inducing yoga flows, HIIT classes, or reformer Pilates workouts. Truly, truly have it all. Because you can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, dry brushing, and journaling for those quieter moments. I am one of those people who really struggles to prioritize wellness. I did before I had kids, and now it's even harder because you're always doing pickup or drop-off. You're making a lunch. You're like dealing with some need that your children have or you're working. And Aloe Moves allows me to just fit those workouts in 
in those spare moments, when I find myself with an extra 30 minutes of time, I can do a yoga class. I can do something that gets my heart rate up. And it really works with my lifestyle. So unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alomoves.com now and use code LTSI20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com code LTSI20. Alomoves.com code LTSI20. I am someone who is perpetually facing the issue of my closet is messy and full, and yet I feel like I have nothing to wear. Mm -hmm. But Quince has been an absolute game changer for my style. Same. If I really need a new luxury basic, I know where I'm going to find one that is going to fit the bill, work for a lot of different occasions and styles. And I'm also going to stay on budget, which is a huge plus. They have items like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for just $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. The best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passing... uh, and passes the savings on to us. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for their wardrobe basics. Like, I have a really amazing leather blazer from Quince, but I also have gotten really into, like, their luggage and travel accessories. I just purchased an incredible, like, neoprene weekender bag, and it is such high quality. The color is beautiful. And I spent about half as much as I would have spent on a very similar product from a fancier brand name. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash LTSI. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. As they should. Learning a language is so important. So if that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel, the science-backed learning language app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks, which is kind of wild. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college, aka so, so many days of waking up for an 8.30 class that I maybe didn't need to do at all. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Personally, I've been trying to brush up on some basic French because I am headed to go work from Paris for a few weeks and... It's been really helpful because my French is not good, but now I don't have to sound like such an idiot. (laughs) You can never sound like an idiot, but Babbel can definitely help. Here's a special limited time deal for listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. Dean's love triangle is now getting a little update. Um, Christina... 
basically says, I feel like now I should talk to D'Lo because it seems like you're balancing both of us. I don't want you to lead both of us on. You kind of need to make a decision. And he's like, I don't know. Like, I'm not, like, necessarily going to give her my rose, but, like, I don't want her to leave. I, like, I like it's hard for me to not just, like, be up on her, you know, because she's, like, so beautiful and also really just fascinating as a person, don't you think? Um, like, if I'm Christina at this point, I'm, like, I'm never going to feel safe in a relationship with you ever again, having heard all this. But she's still trying to play it out at this yeah, point. Yeah, she's—, she's- just very opt. I think she's just optimistically. She likes Dean so much. She wants to hold out hope that he will realize at some point that she's the one for him. And just every day and every hour, he is throwing a wrench in that more and more. I will give both Christina and D'Lo a lot of credit for not really taking this out on each other, uh, and also both. Having actual conversations with Dean where they do call out, like, you need to make a decision. Hey, don't lead either of us on. This isn't fair to the two of us. So they're not quite giving him a pass and allowing him to turn the two women against each other, um, which I enjoyed. But I just felt really bad for both of them. And I would imagine watching these episodes back for both of them must have been pretty hard because he— Keep saying Christina is the correct choice. She's so intelligent. She's so smart. Just what I want to hear oh, but all yeah. the time. Right. And then on D'Lo's <laughs> end, so though, he basically says she's significantly less interesting and the wrong choice for him, but she's exciting and hot. Also, like, I wouldn't want to hear that as Christina or D'Lo. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. For both of them, yeah. both of these comments are just super shitty and hurtful. Yeah, he's just, he's clearly not ready. But I, and I, but I do think, like, what we're, we, we never saw the 10 or however many days that Dean and Christina spent traveling around together. I mean, they were sort of like with each other nonstop, I think, after. Yeah, they went to Kentucky and Chicago. Yeah. So so there is this sort of there's a reason why she keeps like holding on and thinking that totally. like taking this really bad behavior. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's hoping that they're going to return to whatever security she felt in that time. And clearly, and I think when you see a spark and you see, um, you know, potential, that's the hardest part of ending a relationship, I think, especially towards the beginning, is the loss of potential. So I, I can see why, if you see that, you would want to kind of hold out until you yeah. really felt like your hand was forced. I've definitely been that person who held on to something for. Uh, longer than and you I have probably that feeling have. that's like I'm just gonna do the one right thing that's going to make him realize that I'm the only one that he needs. Yeah, and she also, I mean, she like her background. She came from so little. Yeah, like I mean, she grew up in an orphanage, or she spent time in an orphanage, and like was starving at points. Like there's just there's just something psychologically that's like I, like I have this, I want to hold on to it, I want to make the most of it. Like Yeah. And I think there was a sense of like, oh, they could bond over the fact that they've had rough times in their past. But I think I was in a more similar situation to Dean growing up. Um not the same with how things ended up with the family, but um I think what can end up happening is that the person like if you have that that trauma in your past, you might need a little bit more from the other person and then if you both have that trauma in your bad mm-hmm. past you mm-hmm. might you might 
feel like it's too much to also have to give that. Like my husband has this like really wonderful, like great family, like no significant loss in his childhood, like just a really happy background. And that provides like a solid base for me um, to be the person who has these abandonment issues because I feel like people just die randomly and like, you know, stuff like that. And I wonder if Dean um, and Christina might have like too much trauma between them. I mean, other people, I know that it works for some people, but like I see that with Dean that he's still grappling with these things and that Christina is like, well, I have needs. Like I can't be the person who's going to make you like act right. I can't be the person who's going to like coerce you or like fit you into being like a good partner the way that maybe Rachel Moore was doing. Um, Rachel, who has this really solid base as well, was like, I'm going to show you how to have a relationship. And also more years on her and more like I, I think both of them are still pretty young and Dean especially, I, as, as you said, is going through a really intense emotional process still. And I don't think he's quite equipped to jump into a relationship with any of these women. Yeah, no. and I mean, how many days after Rachel's season did this start filming? It was like not long. Not long. Not long at all. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe he made like it to month. the final four. So so he'd gone yeah. through this really intense emotionally thing. He'd had his confrontation with his dad. Like he'd been he told her he was in love with her. She told him she loved him back and then she dumped him. And then, you know, and now he's being He's, like, on this show, and these two women are like, so what do you want? Like, what do you need? Like, yeah. <laughs> tell, you know, pick one of us. And instead, he just leans into, like, his worst <laughs> instincts. Which yeah. is to fall asleep a lot and <laughs> go shower when there any sort of conversation There is nothing wrong with falling asleep. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think probably sometimes these guys really internalize. Um, more so than the women who I think tend to feel a lot of guilt about playing this game but the guys tend to be like well this is the game and like I was on the bachelorette and she pretended that things were great and then she dumped me so like why shouldn't I do that to these women um and that's kind of playing out in all of these love triangles this week (laughs) so the other relationship that kind of hits a bit of a snag but we see it you know all work out in the end is Taylor and, and Derek they have um their first real fight because they are discussing I think how it's difficult, the fact that they're always physically together. They don't really have space from each other. And Taylor kind of acknowledges that she can be annoying sometimes. And they are discussing the way Derek responds to that. And she sort of takes issue with some of the ways that he communicates. And his by response not By not communicating. And his response is a just casual, fuck you. And this is just a real trigger for her. Apparently, she's has some history, she doesn't go into detail about it, of um, verbally abusive relationships. And she's just like, I cannot have this conversation anymore. I need to get away from you. Yeah. And she does share that history with him. And he's like, well, all I said was, fuck you. And I, you know, I take responsibility for that. Um, and she's like, I don't, I can't, like, talk through this with you right now. Um I need some space. And by the next morning, they still haven't worked this out. She's talking to Dominique, who's her, like, best friend on the show. Her emotional piggy bank is so drained drained right now. (laughs) She also has great posture while sitting. Oh, my God. It's so impressive. Yeah. 
Yeah, while sitting cross-legged on like a not hard surface. I mean, yeah. it was really. I was. There's nothing to like boost the spine. Yeah, I certainly would have been like slumped back, <laughs> just like in the most unflattering and horrible for your back position. Like, I know. Whenever is... I see photos of myself, when I think I'm carrying myself well, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> that looks like. Just so we like... could all learn something from Taylor. Yes. Um, especially, and you know, I think she handled this actually pretty well. Considering I, agree. I know a lot of people are annoyed by her therapist language, but it's really important to communicate really clearly your boundaries with your partner and, you know, to resolve conflicts without getting just really reactive. I actually think Derek ended up handling this really well, too, and that's why they're a good couple. They, this they're is, really mature. Yeah, yeah, this is such a mature relationship. And she's 23, right? Like, yeah. Which is crazy. But she is really emotionally intelligent. <laughs> I know. Mean. This was a true show of her emotional intelligence. I will give her that credit here. Yeah. And, and I thought that Derek, it was really... You know, we see him admit to the camera later on. He's like, look, I, I haven't been in a relationship where someone has had this history and I'm open to learning and I'm here to listen and I'm here to take responsibility for the thing that made you upset. It was awesome. He like he I mean he uses such good language. He says, "I'm sorry and I'm going to I'm going to try to grow from this." You know? Aww. Like Yeah. I and he says I want to be on your team. Derek yeah. is this is a I really like him Except, and I like this relationship. Yeah. I don't I mean I did hear that thing about Olivia and yeah. how he, like, broke up with her and said he didn't want to date anyone um, from the... Yeah, I don't think Derek has all—I wouldn't say he's always been a perfect partner to everyone he's been involved <laughs> no. with. But, that's, Less... but it's just conveniently missing from the narrative. Yeah, well, it wasn't on <laughs> yeah. camera, so, yeah. like, and that often—like, I think Sarah Vendel dated Robbie, apparently. Which they acknowledged last night. Yeah, but, they but, never but... interacted, those two. I, which is telling. Yeah, <laughs> but it's interesting because in the, in the narrative of— Except for that interview, it's not really acknowledged, you know, like it's brought up by Amanda in that interview, right. but during the show proper, it's not talked about. So, like, I think there are a lot of these weird things that don't serve the narrative that they're trying. And this yeah. goes for all Christina of these shows. was just dating Jeff Holm. They didn't talk about that. Right. I yeah. didn't know that. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, Christina. I know. I know. <laughs> Glad she got out of that one. Yeah. But and isn't he neighbors with Dean? Yeah. yeah. They both live in Dunn. And but... he was living with Josh Murray. Chase. Uh, what a mess. Yeah. Crazy. Um, okay, so we finally get a rose ceremony. Finally. Yeah. We, I just, I have to bring up like two things that happened right yes. before the rose ceremony. But I, I'm just going to be like the show and I'm just going to keep this rose ceremony forever. But I do like that Amanda told Robbie, he's, she's like, you're so hot. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, Thanks, she babe. Keeps I tried. Doing he's that. like, no, no. Oh, no. I mean, physically hot. I you're feel not. Like there's a you're part like, of her temperature hot. I think that she found that something went wrong with Josh and she noticed that he was very sweaty. So she's like, maybe that's the red flag. <laughs> Guys who are sweaty are the problem. And so she keeps like fixating on how sweaty Robbie is. And it's like, no, there's another, there are other possible issues. <laughs> Probably not that. Yeah. Um, there was there was that Robbie got his kiss and then yes. and then also he says Wait, what's the line that he you used? tastes like Chardonnay. <laughs> no. Uh. no, he said he said can I get let me get another thing right and then he like leans in uh, something like that. It worked for him, whatever. And, yeah. and but just like good a for romantic Robbie. 
I finally got a win. But like Amanda's commentary afterwards, she's like, I guess I was just going to go for it because why not? <laughs> He's been so nice and patient for like two days patient. Yeah. And um, then and then there was Dean talking to Christina and saying, like, I care about hurting you more than oh, I yeah. care about oh, or yeah. I care about your feelings more well, than Danielle's. Well, this is all part of the rose ceremony Oh, it is night. part of the ceremony. Yeah, this is during okay. the, the cocktail party leading up to the rose ceremony. Yeah, Dean... Um, so we see, yeah, an example of good communication is when Lacey, who is completely freaking out because she realizes she's probably going home, confronts Diggy (laughs) about how he went on a date. (laughs) And she's just, he can't speak. She's speaking just completely over him. And finally, she, she finishes saying how disappointed she is in him. She and says, he's like, I didn't think I had to check with you before I went out with Dom. And she says, well, that's a huge problem. And he's like, well, the that's fine. and disappointment that I feel right now is not good. And like, I expected so much better from you. I never expected to have this conversation with you. And it's like those things are all wildly out of proportion with the relationship. And the fact had. that Lacey certainly doesn't like Diggy. <laughs> No, not at all. Like she's she just, likes him as a friend, but she's, she's not pissed. interested in him. She's pissed that she's not getting his rose anymore. Is what this whole conversation is about. I, but I, I will... felt disrespected. I guess. I, I mean, I, I heard him on some other podcast where he he basically said literally there were thirty minutes between. Oh, that was ours. Yeah, that, that was, oh, our that was your <laughs> um, Well, yeah. I only listened to it. Yeah. Years. So I yeah I think that he and, and he what he acknowledged to us is that he could have been more empathetic to to her feelings and he didn't realize how upset she was and he said it's something he has but, trouble with. At the same time, they were had no understanding of being in a relationship or even that she was going to get his rose. Like that had not been Yeah. This discussed. is literally how the show works. Right. And if we've seen anything from Lacey, it's that she would definitely be the person who if Daniel came in 30 minutes after the date would be like, "Okay, bye." Like, I don't believe Very clearly. that she has any sort of principled stand on that. Uh, but Diggy this is how you communicate with someone that you don't want to be dating. He just said, I want you to know that I'm giving Dom my rose. And that's what's happening. And I saw a cute little interaction between them on uh, Twitter where she was like, heart you dig. Like, thanks for being honest. I appreciate it. And he's like, yeah, we're fine. Like, And that is – you might be disappointed in the moment if someone rejects you and you might feel hurt or lash out in that moment. But give it a few weeks and you feel good about that person because they have treated you like a human being who deserves acknowledgement and they have been honest with you. Yeah, and clarity. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it probably doesn't hurt that things work out for her. Work out for her, um, at least throughout this episode. But, yeah, we have now this Dean (laughs) once again um, playing Christina and D-Lo a little bit. Um, Christina is saying, you know, I'd rather just leave than let you have us both here. Um, and he says, well, I care more about your feelings than about my own and definitely more than I do about Danielle's. And you're like Danielle watching that. The most fast, she says, you're like the most fascinating person I know. She's like, oh, they make out. Did she say that was the sweetest Things yeah. someone's yes. ever said to me. Or She's clearly just really searching for those love kernels, yeah. as Crazy Ex-Girlfriend would say. Um, Dean, at this point, grabs D'Lo, and she also is like, I think we deserve a decision. And he's like, I didn't expect you to be so interesting, and you're just so 
great at things. And he says she's, she's very he's confused. Infatuated. Yeah. By the person that she is. Not her, not her looks. The person the that person you are is. is such a bachelor line. Like, and I've never heard someone say this in real life. It but was it's always used like, a lot on Rachel's season. The man that you are. The man that's in front of me. I've seen it on Bachelor seasons, too, where it's like, I just, the person that you are is something, uh, I just love it. And it's so <laughs> amazing to me. The person that you are. That's different from loving you. Yeah. I feel like it must have something to do with the the fact that most of these people are seeing each other on TV for the first time, and then they meet each other in person, and they're like, oh, you have a personality, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, you say things that, like, I don't always see on camera. It's not just the image, but the person that you are. Yeah, that's true. Um, then he makes out with D'Lo. Um, and uh, well, we already like talked about some Dean's of the other storyline. Yeah. No, he says something he, crappy to Christina that isn't enough, makes out with Christina, says something crappy to D'Lo that isn't enough, and then makes out with D'Lo. He's just like digging himself a hole. And, and I think Dean was aware of this before the season even started airing because yeah. every interview he gave, every little thing he posted said, I screw things up, essentially. Yeah. So um, at I least mean, Dean becomes... is self-aware enough to know that he royally fucked over both I mean, women. it's starting to seem like it will become very clear to him, <laughs> if not by his own powers of introspection in the coming episodes. Um, so this is when Matt and Kristen um, kind of reconnect about their date and – she she's actually is telling Matt, oh, yeah, I just get along with everyone. And he's like, you do. <laughs> so maybe Matt knows about what's going on, but she still doesn't. Um, and he's basically like, listen, I wanted to talk to the new girl. Um, Who doesn't I, want to be called the new girl? Right. <laughs> I wanted to, like, get out of the house. But, like, I don't like being put in this position. Like, Jasmine's upset. I don't like it. It's like, well, you put yourself in this position. Right. Yet again, he's dumping this issue onto Kristen's lap and then walking away. By, like, going up to Kristen and saying, please take me on a date. I am available. Yeah. Um, I, how was I put in this position? This is so unfair. I hate it. I hate this position <laughs> that I've been put in. Um, and so he says, I'm not sure I'm going to give you the rose, Kristen, so you should talk to some other guys. And she's like, so you're giving Jasmine the rose out of sympathy. That's what you communicated to me. And he's like, Argh. And then he does go talk to Jasmine, and apparently that thing about giving her the Rosetta sympathy sank in because he didn't tell Kristen he was leaving. But then when he goes up to Jasmine, he's immediately like, I don't think I can fall in love in paradise, and the two of us are very different, and this just isn't working, so I'm ready to go home. And leaves without saying goodbye to, to Kristen or anyone, but yeah. So finally she's pissed off at Matt. It took long enough. And she's like, I don't even want him. I don't want him anymore. He's flip-flopper. He's flip-floppy. Just like uh, John Kerry. <laughs> it's really sunk into our national consciousness. <laughs> um, and then Kristen finds out that Matt's going home. And she's like, I'm going home too. Why is Jasmine getting all the sympathy? And it's like, well, maybe because Jasmine actually liked Matt and is sad about it. Right, she did, she did actually date him. Right. It's like this is not a case where you deserve equal sympathy because Jasmine is actually sad to not be spending time with Matt and not just sad to not be getting a rose. 
um, Jack Stone talks to both of the women because he's like, I'm not giving this rose to that crab girl. Like, I have this free agent rose well, and I don't who know wants it. I don't know whether it was like Wells's narration or who said it, but there, but there was some narration that was like, there's only one eligible bachelor left. But like, where was Ben Z? Like, how come Ben Z wasn't up for grabs? Right, they I think, didn't talk about. I that. think it was understood, but we didn't see it that Ben was going to give. Dilo his rose. Was it understood by but like by, by whom? Because Christina had no idea. She thought that Dilo would be going home. Oh if, yeah. She thought that he would give the rose to who? Alexis? Yeah. So I I don't know whether whether like Jean had struck some sort of deal with Benzies, like you give Dilo the rose if I give mine to Christina, or whether production was like Dilo can't go home. So Well also right. we know that Ben and Dilo had talked before. Really? Paradise. Yeah, mm-hmm. I heard that. I mean, Ben Z was on some podcast. Like, right. just exchanged a few messages the way Dom and Diggy did. But I think there was some, like, hint of potential mutual interest. Right. Uh-huh. Um. So, but Kristen decides to really go for it with Jack Stone. They talk for, like, 30 seconds. And then she grabs him by the back of the neck and sticks her Seems tongue Seems to throat. be Kristen's move is just to, like, speak for... A short while, make out about with someone, and then see how it goes. <laughs> Talk about. I mean, being I, a I, I, res- I respect the, I respect the game. Listen, if you're if you're not going to have sex, then you might as well just you know, put your sexuality. Also, into I it will as much say that it is very telling. If someone's a bad kisser, like you, you want to know that. That is true. Yeah, you don't want to waste your date. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, remember like what she was saying. She was like. Being a virgin has been just such a good move for me. It's such a good chess move. I don't understand. Well, it's because she was like, basically, if guys just want to sleep with you, then they won't bother you, which is true. Um, (laughs) If you're just like, listen, I'm not going to have sex with you because I'm a virgin and it's religious, then guys are like, okay, bye. (laughs) Like. Well, then she says some line about most guys being sociopaths to Jack Stone, which was like yeah. a little bit of a funny production tell. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> they all line up, and Chris is like, well, we want you all to have the opportunity to find love. So here's Daniel, who no one will ever find love with because I don't think he has I don't think he has real emotions or real capacity for relationships ever. He made— like one good joke about the border wall and then it was all downhill from there. Yeah, he's, he shows up uh, and says, Trump can't keep this immigrant out. <laughs> that, that was a little funny. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. High yeah I, I appreciated that and then it was like, that's the only thing I appreciated although, about yeah. Daniel. Although it's like, it's really sad to me that that Daniel is someone who passes like all the immigration standards and there are so many people who don't. Well, I don't know if he can move here. Like I heard him on um Olivia's podcast, I think, and he was talking they were talking about why he didn't just move to New York or LA and he brought up immigration. immigration. Mm. Um cuz they were like you can personal train anywhere and he was like, "Well, I can't work in the states." Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he can go on vacation in Mexico, so here he is. Which and I, I think he's earning money for. I mean, I think there's some, probably a, at least a nominal fee. Um, he Lacey immediately jumps into his arms because this is who she's been waiting for. Yeah, and let's let's say that we are now in episode two of this like yep. fucking slog. And <laughs> oh, dear lord, it's and yet there's still so much. <laughs> 
Nick is giving me the wrap-up sign. Sorry, <laughs> Nick. Um, so Lacey's like, this is my time. I'm going to fall in love. And she says, oh you know, God. she says to Daniel, like, listen, everyone's, like, paired off except for a few people. So, like, I'm excited to see you. And he's like, oh, so I'm getting the scraps. Which is the beginning of Daniel just being generally rude to everyone he talks to, basically. Yeah, yeah he at one um, point says it's always nice to try to date a virgin because then you can have an experience besides STDs. Like, he's just a charming fellow. Yeah. She says uh, she was waiting for him, and he says, well, that's kind of creepy, isn't it? Um, And so she's understandably after this is like, I don't think he's romantically interested in me, and I'm going to go home. Um. And, yeah, this is when he talks to Kristen and is, makes the STD comment. And then he talks to Jasmine, who ha- says to him, I played myself, um, about Matt. I don't think – yeah. And he's yeah. like uh, – He's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> do you want – do you just want my rose? And she's like, um, I don't know. Maybe. Yes. 100% I'm not interested (laughs) in She says she tried flirting with Daniel, but he just didn't get it. And it's like, well, yeah, Daniel can't flirt because basically he just has one line of conversation going in his head at any point. And he tries to bounce it off your conversation. But what – it doesn't actually interact. Also, it's not a great way to flirt with someone by bringing up the fact that you were dumped 10 minutes before. Right. That was definitely – It's just not like the move I would use. Yeah. But yeah, you're right that Daniel is just all all output. (laughs) He's no right. input. There's He's just like, I would have fuck a girl. Yeah. I'm like, Beyonce. With Kristen, everything was about virginity. So she would be like, yeah, we're all just like going balls to the wall here. And he's like, no balls for you, though. And she's like, what? I mean, I, yeah, I guess. <laughs> like, that's not what we were talking about. But I guess now we are again. Yeah. Um, and, and Jasmine is like making plays for Jack Stone and for Daniel and just crying. Crying. Her eyes out in the Men ITM. love that. <laughs> she, let me tell she you. What did she say about Matt? She was like, I thought he was a man. He's such a little bitch. I can't believe I wanted to be with a man who was like that. Like This is actually how I used to fend off like guys who I thought might be hitting on me in college is I would talk about. You would call them a little and, bitch? No, I would talk about my on and off <laughs> boyfriend. Like maybe we would be broken up and I would just talk about like how he hurt me and how like hung up on him I was. And they would be like, okay, so... I'm going to go talk to this other girl, and I'd be like, great. (laughs) Glad we had this talk. (laughs) So then we finally get to the actual rose ceremony. We've been waiting for this for so long. Uh, Daniel, the self-described wild card, gives his rose to Lacey. And Lacey, it's just, it's amazing how quickly she does an about face on Daniel. She's like, oh, no, we were meant to be together, and I speak Daniel, and we're soulmates. She has a very binary view. Yeah, it's either one or the other. Then uh, Jack gives his rose to Kristen. (gasps) What's that? It's Matt. Matt's here. He is back. back just to give out a rose. To someone who really deserves it, and that someone is Jasmine. And she... (laughs) Was just stone faced, only giving him one word answers and refusing to really play into his like "I have come back to save you" narrative, and it was, it was such hilarious. An epic eye roll from Jasmine. It was so funny. Yeah, I mean, on the other hand, I think she still wants to be there, and now she is. So, congratulations. And she's like, he's just going to go back to his little town in Connecticut and he'll wake up and think he made a mistake. And I'm like, I feel like he's going to feel fine about it. I think he does feel fine about it, as Um, we saw later on. Uh, She also looks at the camera and says to Matt, you're dead to me. (laughs) 
great. Uh, yeah, he's just going to be able to go on Instagram and like DM someone else from the franchise and have a totally fine. Or time. like the many women not from the franchise probably sliding yeah. into his DMs. Um, like I like to nap all the time, so to me, it seems like a great option. Um, Derek gives Rose Taylor, Robbie to Amanda, Diggy, Diggy Dominique. Um, Adam gives his rose to Raven. Um, Which means Sarah's out. Yeah, and she looks really like she's smiling tremulously through like the trying not to cry. Man, it was hard to watch. Um, Dean gives his rose to Christina, although he does want D'Lo to stick around so he can just explore that physical attraction that he has to her. Fuck boy 101. <laughs> and this is when Christina's basically like, Ben will not give Dilo's rose. There's no way. And I don't feel sorry for her. And then Ben gives his rose to Dilo. And she says, I wouldn't have said yes to anyone else, which we all know is a blatant lie. Yeah. That was just a shot at Dean. Yeah, for totally. Sure. And then, so that means Alexis and Sarah leave. Alexis, um, our, our beautiful uh, comedic break is, yeah. is out. Our beautiful shark. Our beautiful shark. Um, and then Christina and Dean have this weird moment down by the. I heard. I saw Reality Steve describe it as an attempted hand job, but it seems like she is daring him to, to get, get an erection. To get an erection by himself without any aid from her, and he fails. The end. <laughs> like it's a very like weird dare, and it's nothing happens. Uh, and then then the yeah, next not exactly sexy. No. Sorry, Christina, your moves are not amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the next morning. The non-sumo wrestlers arrive. I believe we would call them Lucho luchadores. <laughs> Men in Lucho Libre costumes is what I wrote down. They're called they're the, luchadores. Luchadores is the, the, the noun. Great. So um, they are not sumo wrestlers, uh, but they are there with a date card for Daniel, which Lacey has just assumes she's getting. And Daniel is very yeah. quick to let her know that uh, she does not deserve the date card. And he yeah. will play the field. Lacey is amazing because she keeps she, – yeah, she's like, I speak Daniel. Not many people do, but, like, I get him. And every time he says anything to her, she's, she's baffled. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, listen, Daniel is hard to talk to, but she's clearly, like, wants it to be a status thing where she's like, I'm the one special person who can do it. And it's like, no, you're just as, like, confused as the Let's be clear. <laughs> no one is special to Daniel. Except for Daniel. Yes. Yeah. And Vinny, I guess. Apparently they have they, a bromance They love now. each other. I, I do have to say that, like, the the luchadores coming to wrestle everyone out of bed and, like, shake up their bunks reminded me of, like, summer camp when I was 12. And really? just sort of, like, <laughs> yeah. illustrates just how unromantic this season is on, like, all levels. It's just so... Yeah. They're really trying. I they're mean... They're like, this will be exciting TV. I mean, Daniel can't have a romantic date because he can't be romantic. So this was the right way for Daniel to do it. Um, and, yeah, so he knocks Lacey down. Is like, this not that's not how it works. You don't just get the date card. And she's sitting there looking really eager and, like, thirsty for the date card. And he's like, first I'm going to talk to everyone else. He talks to Jazz. He talks to Christina, who he seems to think he has a chance with, which is hilarious. yeah. Um, he he thinks she's a babe and he wants to sleep with her. There you go. Yeah. Um, he <laughs> and talks. He keeps asking her sexual questions. Yeah, and she's like, "I'm with Dean." That's. So... Oh no! Yeah, he talks to Christina. Oh yeah, he talks to Kristen. Yeah, that's... I and I get I get them mixed up. <laughs> I mean, the names are confusing. Um, and he tells uh, uh 
he asks her like if she eats Canadian bacon, and she's like, "Not that kind, <laughs> just like <laughs> the brunch Daniel. kind." Ew. Um, and he says he doesn't want to put all his chickens into one egg and let them hatch into dinosaurs. He also said, I've been on one date in 10 years, and the last time I was on a date, Caitlyn Jenner was a man. I, yeah. It was it's like if you could say cringy. one sentence to me to make me not want to go out on a date with that you, would that it. would be it. <laughs> I haven't been on a date in 10 years since Caitlyn Jenner was a man. Done. No. <laughs> Nothing about that sounds You are appealing. crossed off the list. Um, and so finally, he's like, you know, Lacey's good looking, too. So and I like her personality. Which... Makes him uniquely suited exactly. To her. <laughs> um, at this point, Christina and Dean are waking up. They spent the night together, and his crotch is like black. There's a black box over his crotch. Oh, no. <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> so did I. He is sitting there in his boxers, like looking rumpled, and there is just like a black <laughs> box right over the crotch. <laughs> you know what? We haven't gotten enough of the black box this season, so. Yeah, yeah, it had to come at some. It's just hard for me not to imagine, like, because there is that little window, right? That it's just like sitting out, (laughs) but it probably wasn't any. They just love using the black box. Um, and then we have a new arrival, and it's Tickle Monster. The guys call him Tickle, Jonathan. Yes, A.K. Tickle, A.K. Jonathan. Um, and he says, I've got the summer tickling hands ready, and I'll hopefully meet someone who likes to be tickled and wants me to tickle her. What money? Uh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's terrible. But what what money I wouldn't have given to see Tickle Monster and Alexis go out on a date if oh, she went home. Oh, I, that would soon. be so funny, That'd be amazing. Uh, and I like when he's talking to Chris Harrison. He says, "I'm sure there are some girls down there who were just waiting to be tickled." And Chris Harrison just looks at him and is like, "Is that? Does that sound a little creepy?" <laughs> and he's like, "No, no, no, that's not creepy. It's not creepy at all." I don't know of anyone who likes to be tickled. Like, I feel like it's an inherently unpleasant experience. There are people who aren't ticklish, and there are people who are and who don't want you to tickle them. Like, I feel like those are the only two categories. <laughs> I think it's just this this guy, Jonathan, he's really leaning into this tickle monster yeah. narrative. And, I mean, Cupcake has never, like, people still call him Cupcake. Yeah. Like, he's going to be called Tickle Monster for the rest Forever. of his life. Yeah. But apparently he's cuter in person, and the girls have learned that he is, in fact, a doctor. So that makes him, like, they're like, these guys are personal sleep. trainers. They're, they're like, and... sleeping on Tickle Monster. <laughs> he's actually a huge threat to them. Yeah. And, um, and even Dean says he thought... Tickle got a bad bad rap during their season. But he also says that he's weird. So <laughs> mixed reviews. Um, and he's uh, he's interested in Kristen. He talks to her for like 30 seconds. They make out. And he offers her the date. And she says yes. So it is a good strategy. Jack Stone is a little bit crushed by this. And he just yeah. – he does not want to be beat out for a woman by – The Tickle Monster. The Tickle Monster. Someone did point out – that Kristen now has a lawyer and a doctor fighting for her affection. She's really played this yeah. well. <laughs> Um On their date, Daniel and Lacey are getting into their Lucia, Lucia Libre costumes, and they are 
going to do like a tag team match at this like community center looking place. Can I say like you... minus the mask, Lacey looks amazing in her Mexican wrestler outfit. She does. I, I want it. I want that look for her. I really feel like if she'd sort of played into that quirky. Honestly, side, this is the most really... charming that she is. She says like I'm the least athletic person I know. It's like it's very relatable. <laughs> um, and and they seem to have you know a decently good time. Maybe I think. The less we hear Daniel speak, the more I, I enjoy yeah, his he, presence. He says two things that I wrote down. He says, I'm the result of a Mexican wrestler <laughs> having sex with a Teletubby. That's about his costume. And then at the end of the match, he says, she got her trophy and I got mine. So 50% hit rate on that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we also had to, like, look at his, like, disembodied text. Yeah. Like, his giant text. Yeah, they were so like, really out hard. there. Oh, I also, so it's too at. much. It's too much for me. I can't. Yeah, it really doesn't work for me. But yeah. it worked for Lacey. But, um, and Jorge Dean, was there. Yeah, Jorge was there oh. wearing a Jorge mask. That was Great. I love Jorge. More Jorge. He should pop up on every date. I support it. Back in paradise, um, Christina is is happy about Dean. So we know that immediately he's going to fuck it up. Yeah. And he basically Dean talks to Diggy and Diggy is like, look, I talked to D'Lo like the you just need to make a decision. They want a decision. And Dean is like, I don't feel good about it, but I also like don't want to. He's so. like, you know what? It's hard. It's just like Christina is smarter and more interesting, and Dilo is just like really hot. Like, it's just how it is. And he's also like, you and know, then he tells I, Christina that basically. He also says, I don't really want to move on from Christina to Dilo because I know she'll never be as into me as Christina is, and that sucks. That <laughs> line like, oh, does that suck for was, you? Uh, oh my gosh, uh, I'm so sorry. There was just so many bad Dean moments, and before that, like he's sitting in the pool with Christina. There's all these couples who are like all coupled up on the beach, and she's like, "Hey, do you want to go to the water?" And he like doesn't say anything to her, and then he gets a case idea from Diggy and just like averts his eyes. <laughs> he's doing the thing again. I mean, he, I'm sure this is editing, but... Well, but she mm. even says, like, he's being really weird and distant and giving me mixed messages. And I, again, he's one of those people who his tactic is avoidance. I mean, he's, I think he thinks he's being honest with both of them because he is saying, like, I know it's not fair for me to ask you to be patient, but I'm going to do it anyway. So he's like, I've said it. But he's still just treating them both kind of crappy. Yeah, I mean, at this, he had an overnight with Christina like this is the next day they woke up together and he's already acting it's like what if instead of leaving the guy's apartment and he didn't text you you just had to stay in the apartment with him while he behaved as though he was not texting you (laughs) it's like kind of how it's (laughs) happening Uh, meanwhile Jonathan and Kristen head out on their date Jonathan again is tickle monster and Jonathan, I think, was supplied with tiny tickle hands by production. Yes. He has those little Unless he hands. brought them himself. <laughs> I, I would believe it body. both ways. I would believe it both ways. They talk about um, his tiny hands. And then they talk about how Jonathan practices family medicine. And he's delivered babies. I was like, oh, this is kind of, we get to learn something and about he him. Yeah. And he, he surfs. surfs. And, and everyone keeps saying that he's more attractive in person. So, you know, maybe he is a diamond in the rough, I believe they that. say. But then Kristen, I mean, this is just like such a guy thing. Like, Kristen's like, you make me want to get married. And he's like, I, I didn't say anything about, like, our babies. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I mean, I don't really want kids necessarily. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I, I'm around them plenty. But um, so I get, at this point, um, back at the 
Also, they feed each other scallops with their tiny tickle hands, hands. and then and then touch each other with the tickle hands as they're making out with each other. Yeah, all I wrote down was "fuck." This is so mean (laughs) on the part of the producers. Yeah. Um, Back at the resort, Lacey and Daniel are back from their date. They're hanging out and like making out, and Jasmine bursts in while Daniel's like on top of Lacey. They're making out hardcore, like. And Jasmine comes in and is like, hey, can I just, like, steal you for a sec, Daniel? Like, I just want to, like, basically she's like, I just wanted to chat and catch up. Now? (laughs) You wanted to chat and catch up now? What is wrong with you? Also, this is a day after she has just destroyed Kristen over daring to interrupt her connection with someone. And now... Yes, it hasn't been as much time, but, like, clearly Lacey has been there for Daniel, and clearly they are literally currently coupled up. Like, li- like I don't even—Kristen never walked up to Matt and Jasmine and was like, oh, Matt, sorry, can you extricate your tongue from Jasmine's tonsils so that we can go, like, just, like, chill? I feel like Please. I missed. The, I feel like I went to the kitchen or something. During this <laughs> it was, was, was it in public weird. or were they were they, they were, in a room? They were in one like, of those like half open rooms. It was like a common space, yeah. but they were like on a bed couch, one of those like bed couch things they have yeah. just all around the resort. <laughs> and they were making out, and Jasmine just comes up the stairs and is like, um, "Can we let's just hang out?" Yeah. <laughs> so that like, happens. Yeah. Then Tickle and uh, Kristen come back from their date and Jack Stone is like, nuh-uh. This Chris, is not Kristen is trying to, to explain what happened on the date and she's like, you know, like, how there are, like, cricket sound effects? This was like that but with real crickets. There were just, like, crickets making noise so we were whispering. Has she... What? Has, has she never been mean? in the outdoors during summertime in the evening? <laughs> I I don't... I find that hard to believe. Uh, um, and maybe she doesn't thinks, know what a sumo wrestler is. I that's know, true. Know, that's so true. There's many, a lot like, of gaps. There's a lot of gaps. That but she hasn't there had are in her life. there are crickets in Indiana. I'm just gonna throw <laughs> that out there. Uh, sumo wrestlers. And then but. Jonathan says, "I had no idea scallops could be such an aphrodisiac." Ugh. Oh God. God. Um, Jack. At this point, Kristen is like, "I want to give my rose to Jonathan." Is kind of where she's at after the date. Jack like takes her out away to talk, and she's like. You know, it was good, but maybe not fireworks. And Jack kisses her. And then she's like, well, now I don't know. <laughs> so she is really. She's... Are, they, are they obligated? Like, Jack pulls her away to, like, the nearest cabana in view of everyone else where he decides I, to, like, talk to her and make out. And it's like, are they, do they have to do that? I, I, I don't think, think they have to, but I assume I f- they just end up, it just ends up happening. I also think there might be a little bit of claim staking happening. Oh yeah, Jack is like, nah, tickle. Yeah, you don't. I don't want you to wonder about what happens after this. <laughs> um, and then we get the really sad Dean and D'Lo flirting and making out in a pool as Christina watches. This is also a Robbie's shining moment of friendship. He's yeah. really sweet. I mean, he does have a problematic metaphor, which he says Dean is test driving a couple cars, and I don't think the cars are going. Oh to God! Like that. I, wow, <laughs> I missed that. Miss that. Yeah, there were so many problematic metaphors. <laughs> it is funny to imagine the car being like, okay. Anyway, um, so I mean, and Kristen, t- Christina tells Robbie, you know, like I stayed with Dean last night 
and you can assume what happened. Like basically like slept we together. slept together last night and we woke up together and now he's like 20 feet away from me in a pool making out with D'Lo. This is so disrespectful. Um, and she's like – she says um, to the camera like I'm done. I gave it a shot. I gave it two shots. Right now I think the orphanage was better than paradise. And that is where the episode ends. And it's just so sad. It's It's so brutal. And I, you know what? I want Christina to leave on her own terms. I want her to, like, reclaim her agency and dignity, extricate herself from this bullshit, and just, like, go out on a high note. You know, and I feel bad for D'Lo, too, because, I, you know, she's just really not aware of all this other stuff that's going on. I I mean, I'm assuming. It seems like they, everyone has been trying to be kind of kind and respectful to both of them and hope and like expect Dean to man up and make it or person up and make a decision. Um, but it seems like the tension is starting to rise a little bit because they do both know about each other. Yeah, I think we're going to see it reach a breaking point next yeah. week. And, and it's, oh, it's just different than like a situation on The Bachelor where where like – you know that this guy is making out with like multiple women, but you know, and nothing escalates usually in most circumstances to, to having sex with like one of them and then making out with a different one. Yeah. Until the in fantasy front of her. suite. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I mean, at that point, they're separated on the show at the fantasy suite point. So you don't really have that ongoing, like watching them with the other people after you've slept with them. Um, yeah, it's it's really rough. And we do get a little preview later where we see that. Christina kind of gets frustrated with some of the other women, maybe for being too neutral. Um, She's upset with Raven for not talking to her and and like acting as a friend. Um, And it must be hard for her that that no one is really like taking her side. And she had this pre-existing relationship with Dean. And it's been nice that, you know, we didn't, it didn't immediately turn into like a mean girl, like team situation. But at the same time, you've got to imagine Christina is like, who's going to have my back here? Yeah. And I think the other girls are sort of in a tough position Mm -hmm. because a lot of them are equally very, very close with both D'Lo and Christina. And that's just, you don't want to see either of your friends treated that way, and you also don't want to pit them against each other. So that's a tough situation to navigate. Yeah, and you also kind of don't want to encourage your friend to, like, keep going after and pursuing a guy who's just not treating you well or not treating her well. Yeah. I mean, something that we see more is other guys talking to Christina and being like, you need to, like— Get out. Yeah. Um, so at this and I think point, that's being a good friend. Yeah, I agree. I agree. At this point, we get to the pre-taped um, studio interview. I don't interview. think we really need to go into it that much. You want to sort of run through the takeaways we got from the current interview? Um, well, also we have the Matt-Jasmine confrontation, which wasn't that exciting, but it is relevant to what just happened. Um she she tells Chris Harrison that Matt didn't really give her any signs, so she didn't feel like she missed anything, and it, she wished that he had told her directly it wasn't working out. And she's like, I would have been fine with it, which I don't fully believe because when he said he was going on a date with another woman, she was like, no, you're not. But I also did like, feel I, for her, and I think yeah. – I did too, but I'm like, let's be honest. He told you I want to go out with someone else, and you said no. Like denial. Like that was a moment of denial. 
So there's a sure. little bit of something on Jasmine, too, here. Oh, for sure. But I do think that these situations um, are usually better when the person just says, I, I don't see a future for us at all. And I think that was missing. He he was always leaving the door open a little bit for him and Jasmine. And perhaps – and he acknowledges yeah. this. Like, he needed to just say when he realizes he's not into someone. I mean, it, he made it seem as though – Basically, when they came back from the shutdown, he didn't really want to date her and he didn't see a future. So that maybe yeah. could have just been communicated right away. Yeah, it's just it's it, this, the format of the show sets it up so that people get strung along because oh, yeah. because yeah. you are and relying great drama. on someone for your rose. Yeah, that's just yeah, that is how that it's is set how up. the cookie crumbles. And, okay. and Matt, when he, com- he comes out, tells her, you know, I did say, you know, we should keep our options open. We should go on other dates. And she's like, yeah. And I said, sure, totally. Like, I get that. But again, when that happened, she completely shut it down. And I mean, he ended up going on the date, but she was she basically told him, no, you can't do that. So like she's being a little disingenuous here. And also he like has to admit that he handled it really poorly. And that kind of ends it. Um, Matt kind of tries to keep the conversation going at that point. And Chris is like, Matt, when you've made all the craziness, don't drive back in. Which Chris is getting into, like, a lot of really, like, annoying words, gendered jokes recently. (laughs) Uh, And this is when Corinne comes out. And Corinne basically talks about what happened on that day, um, which is that she says she was – um, drinking far too much, and it was combined with a medication she had started since The Bachelor that was not supposed to be mixed with alcohol. And so she blacked out and doesn't remember a lot of what happened on that day. And she says, you know, now she's weaning herself off the medication and she wants to be more conscious of what she's putting in her body. Um, so that's kind of how she addresses the night of. And she talks, uh, you know, about how hard the backlash was for her. And she also talks about how she doesn't blame Demario. She's never blamed Demario. Um, and but she was nervous to talk to him because he was talking to the media from very early on. And she felt put on the defensive. Um, she felt like he thought that she thought that he, he did something. something. And so she she felt defensive. Um yeah, I think that was sort of the interesting thing to come out yeah. of it was was the idea that that this news had broken, then Demario ran to sort of get his side out there, and then and then that started the whole chain of of like statement after statement after statement after statement. Yeah, and her statements were clearly very legally calibrated to say like I'm a victim, but not of anyone in particular. Like that's never said. Chris didn't really ask her to clarify that, um, but she does talk about how she felt victimized by the media scrutiny and by, by the online conversation and which... by the fact that she didn't know what happened. She was like, well, not necessarily a victim of anyone. I don't think anyone necessarily did anything wrong. Like I seemed fine to you guys, but actually I wasn't really fully there and no one knew um, that made me feel victimized. But no one actually did, did anything. anything. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. And it was nice to hear her speak on this directly. Um yeah, they didn't – there were a couple things that weren't addressed specifically, but I assume in, in both of these interviews, you know, there was planning on what would kind of be discussed. Yeah. And I, I hope that this can kind of put this situation to bed and allow both of them to move on from it because clearly this was 
um, something that was a traumatic series of events for for both of them. Yeah. Um, She kind of concludes by saying, you know, if I could talk to DeMario, I would tell him, like, I'm sorry I had to go through this, um, and I wish you all the best, and I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. And she thanks everyone who did support her. I thought it was interesting at that point, like, I kind of noticed that we didn't get any reaction shots to the cast the way we did a lot during DeMario. Were they even on stage? I couldn't tell. I I don't don't know know if they were. Alexis did not seem enthused about Corinne Hmm. coming out earlier. Yeah. But so, who knows? So that was that kind of wraps up, I guess, as far as we know, the direct treatment of the scandal during the season. So maybe next week we'll just have four straight hours of uh, beach time romps. Yeah. And then and then it ends with, I think, the outtake of Kristen eating scallops while Daniel commentates leering over her. Is that what? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I've got a store up for winter, which I thought was funny. And he was just like, oh, you love the scallops, you naughty girl. He's just so gross. He's the worst. <laughs> oh, the worst. And then, and then, like a preview of the live reunion that is just made up of yeah. their previous moments from Men Tell All and Women Tell All specials. I didn't notice this, but Jada and I Emma did. Both did, and so did other people. <laughs> But, but it's I true. Think the, I think the reunion the, show has not yet taped or is taping today. And so they they didn't have any clips to show. So they just pulled old. The real tell ones. was Danielle Lombard saying, you told me you loved me. And then. No, I think she said I, I said I was. I, or I said I was you. falling in love with you. And, and I said I was falling in love with you. And then you. Yeah. Jumped me. And that was. Certainly something that happened on Nick's season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was crying in a very specific way when that happened. And she was also wearing a very, like... Specific dress. A very specific I noted dress. some of the outfits. <laughs> I was like, this... Nope. Taylor's dress also, I remembered. And I was like, that is... That was <laughs> Not from, true. That was from yeah. the Women Tell All. So... They weren't counting on eagle-eyed podcasts. Exactly. Or they just oh, yeah. simply don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like how we saw in the preview um, on a Monday night, all of the women who were on the chopping block, basically, at that rose ceremony, still there. And I was like, okay, so we know somehow, like, Jasmine and Kristen and Christina and Dilo stay. So... <laughs> Is anything even a question anymore? Like, we know who's going home. Um, All right. So that wraps up this week and uh, more next week. Oh, I'm sorry for you guys. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry for you. Thank you. Thank you. And now, welcome to Feminism Fails, where we rate the most cringeworthy anti-lady moments of the week on our very own patented Feminism Fail Scale. One, you do you, bro. Two, that's questionable. Three, not cool people. Four, the 1950s are back. Five, gender equality is straight up dead. We had no shortage of feminism fails this week, as many of you hopefully pointed out on Twitter. It was a shit show. Um, We're going to start with Jasmine getting mad at Kristen instead of Matt when he decides to go on a date with another woman. Uh, We're going to give that a three because just, like, don't blame other women for your man not being committed to you. That's not where the the nasty looks should go. 
And I think everyone can assume that we do not endorse any bullying-like tendencies that went on this episode. I think we covered 100%. that pretty well in All our recap. All the bullying is a five for girl-on-girl violence. We don't like. We do not endorse girl-on-girl crime. Then, of course, Matt throws Kristen under the bus to Jasmine. We're going to give that one a four because he's just manipulating both women, whether it was intentional or not. And it was not a good look, and it ended up with Kristen just being mercilessly mocked uh, and Jasmine, and, and feeling, Jasmine feeling insane. So neither of those are good things. Get it together, Matt. Uh, next, uh, Dean had a rough episode, but particularly when he made out with Dilo in the pool in front of Christina after sleeping with her. Um, ew. I'm just I'm giving that a three because I don't think that feminism is the primary metric by which it failed, but um, it <laughs> humanity definitely, and consider like consideration for you know another person's feelings. It fail. was definitely very disrespectful towards her as a person, which I'm going to say is a component of feminism. So you know what, Dean, stop it. And now we get to Daniel. Oh, Daniel. First, he refers to all the women who aren't coupled up as the leftover scraps. We're going to give that one a 3.5 for being generally <laughs> shitty. Um, then he calls Lacey a trophy, which I know is supposed to be a compliment, but I'm giving that a four because women are not wrestling belts. And then Daniel says the last time he went on a date, Caitlyn Jenner was a man. I'm going to give that one a four for transphobia and maybe don't use Caitlyn Jenner's identity in your jokes about your own dating life. Just avoid it. And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks to our guest, Jada Yuan, and our producer, Nick Offenberg. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, so please subscribe and give us a rating. It helps other people find our show. And you can find us both on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. Or you can always send us an email at here to make friends at HuffPost.com. We'll be back next week for many more hours of paradise. Lord help us. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts.